welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I am Tyler Smith. I'm David Bax. And thank you for listening. David, yes. top of the morning to you. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's what they say. Uh, yeah, it's uh, they. Uh, yeah, so. Well, I could say we, because there are those Americans. I'm, yes, I have, uh, uh, even though my last name comes from the German side of my family, I'm mm-hmm. Most of my ancestry is Irish, but I'm not one of those Americans yeah. who insist that they are Irish. Like, I've never been to Ireland, and I think, yeah. like, from what I understand, Irish people uh, find that very obnoxious when Irish Americans uh, are very proud of their Irishness. I tend to get angry at any any American that plays up uh, uh, any kind of heritage, but I also recognize that, like, you know, if you're if you're looking for a way to like distinguish yourself uh, and and find an identity, and it's just like, oh, well, you know, we're from a, you know, we're we're Italian Americans or or whatever it is, like, you know, I my last name is generic, and uh, I don't. My family's not anything to speak of. Uh, we're kind of a mutt, and so I don't. I don't have anything I can latch onto, and so. But I do feel like maybe if if my family uh, was considerably Irish or or uh, German or Italian or something like that, I think when I was younger, I probably would have seized upon it okay. uh, as as sort of a way of like, oh, this is part of my identity. Um, it's something that people often say that like American, that, uh, the United States like doesn't have a culture. Of course that's wrong. Every, every place has a culture, but, um, but I do think a lot of people think that. And so it's like, well, if I don't, you know, if, if I don't have my own culture, then I can latch onto this other older culture. That's a little bit more distinct. So I get it. Uh, it bothers me. Uh, but I get it. Yeah. Cause it's not like, it's like stolen valor. It does seem weird, like, yeah, it, 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 it seems like, hey, it's a thing I have in common with people I've never met, but I don't, yeah, it, it, it's not it's not real. I'm so far removed from it that I, I don't yeah. feel any actual connection yeah. to Ireland. Um, like I said, I've never been. Um, but I, like, I, and I feel like my family, like, sort of handled the right way. Like, we knew that we were like of Irish descent and mm-hmm. we like made note of it. And, and, um, on my dad's side of the family, there's a lot of red hair. Yeah. Um, uh, but, um, it wasn't, we weren't obnoxious people. We didn't like wear shamrocks all the time or yeah. like, uh, yeah, I feel like, uh, we didn't support like Irish football clubs or whatever. Sure, sure. <laughs> um, anyway, we're off topic because speaking of, uh, yeah. Globalism? I'm going to be I'm actually going to be traveling to Ireland uh in in June. Is that, oh that's where you're going. That's yes, right. Yes. I forgot about that. So, or will I? Who's yeah, to that, say? That's that's Yeah, I'm 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 thinking about about plans uh down the line um with the with the coronavirus uh from a you know, from a travel standpoint. Yes. Um I'm, I don't have any big trips planned until the fall. Um but from a movie standpoint, uh, not that that's the most important thing, but we're right. a podcast. Um, I did think it was very interesting that South by Southwest was canceled. Yeah. Uh, and I feel terrible for that. They had to lay off a huge part of their workforce and apparently yeah. they've lost so much money that there might not be a South by Southwest 2021. Wow. Um, that's what I was reading this morning. So that's, um, that's horrible. I feel terrible for those people. Um, there's a lot of rumors going around that can will be canceled. Yeah. Um, and, 
I've uh, um, Coachella was moved. Sure. I don't know if you saw that. I didn't see that. Um, yeah, Coachella will be in October this year. Not, okay, not mm-hmm. in April. Is that is usually in April, right? Uh, oh boy, you're asking the wrong person. Yeah, me too. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm. Uh, uh, I never mind. What? <laughs> I was going to be a snob. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> just like yeah. it's fun when you're a snob. I enjoy it. Yeah, it, you wouldn't catch me dead at Coachella. Okay. <laughs> Um, uh, but let me ask you this. If what? you were, let's say 15 years younger, Oh, I couldn't afford it. Okay. So you couldn't have, so at, at that age you couldn't afford it. And at this age, like, come on. Yeah. You're not going to be doing that. Yeah. I mean, and that's part of why I don't like, I'm still, and my, my wife gives me trouble about this, that I'm still living like part of my brain is still like a 16 year old punk rocker in the sure. late nineties where sure. like a band comes into town and I'm like, Oh yeah, I want to see them. And I see like tickets. I'm like $35, <laughs> which is not, <laughs> that's not bad. Actually. Not bad yeah. by today's standards. But to yeah. me, like I still anything paying anything over $15 for a show yeah. seems just wrong to me. It's like, these guys um, are such sellouts. Yeah. Plus I found myself, going and I'm not doing it on purpose, but I think it's just like where my friend group wants to go. I'm doing something that I never, I said I would never do, mm-hmm. which is be the guy who goes to see essentially legacy acts. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like I'm not seeing the new bands. I, I try to go see new bands too when I, when I can, but I, uh, what my friends are doing and is they're going to see like, I'm going with a uh, friend of the show. It's been a long time since you mentioned in front of the show, Frank feel my wrath McGrath, right. but Frank and I are going to see Wilco, uh, oh. in a couple weeks. And like, I saw helmet last fall and I saw Sleeto Kinney last fall. Like I'm basically seeing like nineties bands yeah. and I'm becoming that guy, but it's because that's what all my friends are doing, I guess, you know? Um, well, if all your friends jumped off a bridge, you know, if they paid $35 to jump off a bridge. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. $15. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Um, so yeah, I, uh, you like to jump off of smaller bridges that are less known (laughs) and less traveled. over. So I am weirdly a cheapskate, uh, but that's a big thing about like, um, Coachella is it's like prohibitively expensive to, to most people. And so I do feel like, I don't know. I get a little judgy about the bands that are playing it. Like Mm. really, this is like you've chosen, like this is a step, a step down from doing like a, you know, a private show for a CEO's birthday party. You know what I'm saying? Like, sure. uh, And and maybe I am, uh, being a weirdly like juvenile, uh, idealist. Um, but I did just get done voting for Bernie Sanders. So that fits right in. There you go. There you go. (laughs) Um, uh, uh, but yeah, we're way off topic. Coachella's moved. Uh, South by Southwest is canceled. Um, so I'm thinking about just next month. Will there be a TCM classic film festival here, here in Hollywood? Yeah. Uh, I mean, when is uh, WonderCon? I feel like, uh, WonderCon is even sooner. It's the weekend yeah. before. It, I could see weekend. that absolutely being canceled. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm surprised they haven't made an announcement yet. Like anything, anything happening in the summer or, or like past June. Okay. I could see them being like, well, we'll wait and see, Yeah, you know, including Comic-Con and including, you know, during the summer I, I, uh, teach for this program that deal that, uh, uh, deals in what's called, what are called study tours and where students come in from, uh, another country and they're here for a week and they, go to different locations in Los Angeles, but then they also learn about film. Uh, and 
I've done it for the last two years. I was probably going to do it this year as well, if they still have it, because all of the students have been Italian. And Italy oh. is like one of the big, uh, one of the big countries that is that there's there are like all kinds it's of bands. It's the biggest in stuff. Europe, the worst yeah. in Europe, and they've essentially shut down the country. Yeah, which is and so I do find myself wondering, even though that won't be till July, it's like, well, who knows how long all of this is going to keep going on? Yeah, um, yeah, we could be more on top of it if we if our administration were actually concerned with sure with addressing it as opposed to concerned with the uh, uh, superficial optics which are probably going to make things worse in the yeah. long run there i think donald trump's hesitance to do things that affect the stock market is actually going to have a worse effect on the stock market uh, yes in the yes. long run um and and you know what's what's weird though so like i don't know how much to panic or not like i see uh, interview like I saw an interview uh, with uh, Doctor Drew uh, Pinsky. Okay, uh, no, yeah, I not that it, no, I know, but like, <laughs> but he's he's at least like citing things that the CDC has said uh, in regards to like level of panic and saying that like it goes. He's like, just follow what they say. Don't listen to anybody else. Listen to the CDC and take your cues from them. That's probably fair. Probably probably pretty good advice. Also good advice for our president. Sure. And, and just this idea that like, and and it was, he was, he was oddly like angry about it. Like just the, the, it's like, of course this is, this is a, 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 a pandemic. Uh, but at the same time, it's there, there's this like flavor of the month quality to it. Uh, and so we shouldn't take, like we should take all the proper precautions, but not freak out. So I see that. And then other articles that are similar that are written by doctors and stuff. But then I then I see articles written in response to that saying like, well, yes, but if you have people not panicking enough, then it gets then everything gets worse. And so like uh, so I'm just like, I don't know how much to be like, I'm just continuing like I wash my hands pretty obsessively anyway. (laughs) Um, So. uh but you do come to realize uh, how much you touch your face. Uh, like yeah. my my life is just a constant like Jack Benny take where I'm just like I've got my hand right on my face as I stare at something I'm unimpressed well, with. And I've had the because we've had some like weird weather and rain and stuff. Like that. My my allergies have been going crazy the sure. past few days, so I'm. Hey, I'm sneezing a bunch and then having to tell people like, I don't have the coronavirus. Yeah, yeah. It's an allergy thing. But then my eyes are always itching because of yeah. the allergies. So I'm constantly touching my face. Yeah. Um, it's, it's such a weird, like, I mean, there, there's been all talk, all kinds of talk about like the various, uh, you know, swine flu and SARS and all the, all the things that have all these other like, uh, diseases that have, uh, not a disease, what would you call it? Just virus, I guess, uh, that have come about in the last few years. And it's just like, okay, is 17 years old. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> so like, but it's still, it's still fresh in my mind. Uh, and so the idea that, uh, I don't, I don't recall the level of, of panic or coverage for those at well, being at this level. I don't, remember those um appearing in the u.s at the level that we've had coronavirus sure maybe that's i I think that's because i remember because when we lived in chicago during the sars thing i don't think it was ever in chicago i remember it was in it was in toronto yeah 
And I feel like that's like as close as it got to us. I can't remember. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't actually recall because it was long enough ago that I don't. Yeah. I don't remember the the details. But it is a yeah. And and also you hear about. So in my film history class, I've been talking about uh, the 1930s and talking about how Hollywood is tends to be sort of depression proof and, and recession proof. Uh, at least it, it's never touched quite as much as, as the rest of the country. Uh, but then something like this comes along and Hollywood is like is moving things and sort of taking a bath on things. And, and that's did you read the uh, I can't believe I didn't bring this up, but um, the James Bond movie, No Time to Die, getting yeah. moved to November is, according to industry sources, costing MGM like 30 million dollars just to. Move. Yeah, which is which is fascinating to me. And I and and there are multiple reasons, but I think one of them has to do with how big the market has, has gotten in China. And this idea is like, mm-hmm. well, people aren't going to be going to movies like big clusters of people, yeah. uh, coughing and sneezing on each other, uh, in China. And so like, okay, so because I'm not saying I, I'm neutral about what I'm about to say, but like the globalization of Hollywood and the idea of like trying to cater to global markets, it now means that we are m- I say we, I'm not part of Hollywood, but like that, uh, the industry is more impacted, you know, when it was just a depression that, uh, of course the great depression cover, uh, you know, uh, impacted other countries yeah, as well. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, like it could qu- sort of cloister and say like, okay, we're our own thing. Uh, but yeah, you can't do that anymore when you're so reliant on yeah. money from everywhere. Yeah. And I, although if you can, if you can trust the numbers coming out of China, which I don't know to what extent you can, because it's not, it's a, right. it's a secretive and misleading government a lot yes. of the time. Yes. Um, they're, they're way on the down slope of coronavirus. It's yeah. moved on. It's in Italy's bad. Iran's bad. Yeah. Uh, South Korea is apparently has it a lot, but it's South Korea is doing a better job of, yeah. um, heading it off than the U S is, um, partially because it's a smaller country, but also sure. because, our uh, our leadership sucks ass. <laughs> that's that's a big big part of it. And it's yeah, and and so I've, I I'm talking about the 1930s, which means I just got ta- got done talking about the 1920s uh, and talking about Soviet montage and the the level at which communist countries worry about image mm. and crank out stuff for the rest of the world, like I. I, I don't trust a single thing that China says about anything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they're, uh, I, that, uh, I told you about that documentary, one child nation that I yeah, watched and yeah. like having kids like do like performances and sing songs about how great the one child yeah. rule is. And then how great the two child rule is when it changes. Yeah. It's, that. I mean, it's, 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 it's comical. cliche, but it's literally Orwellian. Yeah. Like it's, it's genuinely, if it weren't so sad at the core of it, like it's comical, that like, Oh no, we'll just do this. And you're just like, do you think anybody believes you? Like even your own citizens. Like I remember when we, we had a, a cab driver from Beijing to the great wall and he was telling us all about, uh, the, the government blocking the internet, uh, and various things. But, uh, individual citizens have, have bought these, uh, I don't remember the, the, the term, but like bought these devices that kind of can get around the, okay. the blockers and stuff. And he said, yeah, he goes, we don't, we don't, we, we realize the government is not on our side. Yeah. And, uh, I thought that was really interesting. Well, that's, uh, 
let's never become too American exceptionalist to think that that couldn't happen here. Uh, cause it could. All right. Uh, <laughs> not, not if we all have our guns. That's right. I say That's we, we'll I don't have a gun and I probably never will. Um, but anyway, uh, never even held a firearm in my life. Is that true? Yeah. Not, uh, not interested. I've held uh, a few, um, you know, there's that time that I like robbed that convenience store, but, uh, it only had one oh, I round. Guess that's, like I had a friend who had like antiques that he collected, okay. but I'm not, yeah. I'm not, so I guess I technically I've like picked up an antique, but yeah. I've never, the only gun I've fired is a 12 gauge shotgun, oh, which unsurprisingly that. put me off uh, yeah. shooting anything else. But, uh, anyway, so well, this is a perfect transition into our, uh, sponsors. Sure. Absolutely. Um, you know what? I, I think our sponsor would appreciate uh, appreciate this. So this episode is brought our to you by... Our sponsor doesn't appreciate my take on Wendy, the new film from that's true. Ben Zeitlin. You know, we're none of us perfect, though. Okay. But who am, who am I talking about here? Him or you? I'll never care. It's, it's, that is very <laughs> true. Uh, okay, so this episode is brought to you by The Killin' Floor. Uh, the Killin' Floor is the new album by Jackson Harper, the artist formerly known as A Horse and His Boy, co-produced with Ryan Michael from Dallas band The Room Sounds. The Killin' Floor is a raw, intimate, yet ultimately epic tale of love lost and wisdom gained. Uh, through 11 songs and one brief anecdote, Harper weaves together lyrical themes of heartbreak, longing, anger, death, resurrection, and joy, presenting them with a stark acoustic style that recalls Johnny Cash, or Towns Van Zant. Also, the album is only 40 minutes long, so that's a selling point, right? Uh, the Killin' Floor, as well as Harper's Music City Exports EP, is available for purchase on iTunes or streaming on Spotify, Apple, and all other platforms. So, if you're interested in The Killin' Floor, uh, you can go to BattleshipRedemption.com and click on the uh, the Killin' Floor uh, graphic on the left-hand side, and I would suggest uh, you do so, especially since you can just listen to it for free uh, on Spotify. So, check it out. And I want to tell you about tweakedaudio.com. Tweakedaudio.com is where you go for professional quality earbuds in a variety of stylish styles and colorful colors. They look great. They sound great. And Tyler and I use them each and every day of our lives. Uh, today I was listening to the most recent album came out, uh, I think late last year, the most recent album from, um, I'm looking at their country of origin, Norwegian, oh, Norwegian black metal band, classic, Norwegian black metal band, 1349. Um, and when you think black metal you think norway when you think norway you think black metal right? obviously yes yeah. yes all right uh 1349 their new album is called the infernal pathway um and i was listening to it today at work on my tweaked earbuds and it sounded great uh these earbuds are available at a low low price at tweaked but if you use the offer code pretension at checkout you get one third off that low low price and no shipping charges so please go to tweaked and use the offer code pretension what makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Tyler? Yes. At almost 20 minutes in, let's get into it, shall we? Indeed. Uh, you mentioned, you you hinted, we, we talked about Ireland at the top mm-hmm. of the show because uh, we are talking about Irish movies and Irish-related movies yeah. uh, in celebration of St. Patrick's Day, something we somehow have never done. <laughs> Seems like a weird oversight. Uh, we're always looking for arbitrary uh, it, topics based on the what's happening in the moment, but uh, yeah. 
Yeah, strange. And I think part of it is that we've been doing this show in Los Angeles where St. Patrick's Day is not that big a deal. Right, like, yes. If you go to certain, if you go to a bar, especially if it's like an Irish sure. pub type of bar um, on St. Patrick's Day, sure, yeah. And maybe some people show up to the office wearing green. Yeah. But it's not like we live in Chicago where it's unavoidable, you know? Very um, much so, yeah. Uh, could, because people are just drunk in the streets uh, yeah. from sunup. Um, and you know, be, coming from St. Louis, there's, I mean, St. Louis is where I'm mm. from is more, um, uh, more, more German and, and Italian and Bosnian actually, mm. um, more, yeah, more Bosnians per capita, per capita there we go. in St. Louis than any other city in the U S it's interesting. It, these things just happen. Like how, why yeah. are there so many, there, there are more people of Armenian descent in Southern California than there are in Armenia. That's something I've read before. I don't hmm. know if that's true, but like people, we did it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's some, I guess some cultures just like, uh, it begins a snowballing thing, but, um, yeah, I'm proud of that. I'm proud of the Bosnian, uh, uh, population yeah. in St. Louis. But anyway, so yeah, not, it's not super Irish, but, St. Louis is a town that loves to drink. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they don't uh, really pass up the opportunity. So St. Yeah. Patrick's Day was always a big deal um, uh, in St. Louis. Uh, also, Missouri has very lax uh, alcohol laws, yes, much like Louisiana right. does. So there's um, uh, there's a part of like uh, Dogtown, which is a neighborhood uh, in St. Louis, that they just close off a few blocks and there's like bars on those blocks, but you, as long as you're within the like part that's closed off by the cops, you don't have to like keep your drink in the bar. You can just right. buy a drink. You can buy, bring a cooler full of drinks and just sit on the sidewalk. Like it's a, a very openly drinking. That's when I first moved here and I realized you couldn't drink in a public park. I was like, what do people come to the park for? <laughs> like, <laughs> to me, like every time you went to the park, it was for like, you'd be having a barbecue or something. Sure. And like, there'd be a cooler, a beer. That was what happened yeah. in the park. Um, and now I realize that Angelina was just like bring solo cups or whatever. And, and yeah. there's kind of a, uh, it's kind of look, a look the other way type thing. Yeah. But, um, anyway, this episode isn't about drinking. Some of these movies might be about drinking. I think it's but, a fair assumption that, uh, you'll run across, uh, there's going to be some overlap, but here's, so I don't know. Um, whenever I, we do these episodes where I have to like put together a list of things to talk about, mm-hmm. I go back and forth on how to do it last week for campaign movies. I did it alphabetically. I don't know if that was the right way to do it. Yeah. This week I did it chronologically. Oh, okay. Which is interesting because I realized, and I looked this up, um, up until fairly recently, not a huge, uh, uh, like Irish film, like cinema, uh, industry. Yeah. Yeah. There, they didn't have a, there was, there was not a, like a soundstage in mm-hmm. Ireland until almost 1960. Um, and then the Irish film board, um, was founded in the early eighties, but only in recent years has, uh, in the past, you know, decade in, in this in this century let's right. say um has really been active and that's um not that i'm gonna get on my like i guess i could get on my liberal uh soapbox a little bit and say like this is what happens when you fund the arts uh sure. that you get a lot of a lot of good movies including there are movies on my list that i would like that i found out oh in fact i'll even start with some of these i found out some of these movies were um irish productions even though they're they were not shot in Ireland whatsoever. Oh, okay. So like, 
Okay, it makes sense. The lobster, Yorgos Lanthimos, the lobster, shot in Ireland. Sure. Was co-produced, was co-funded by the Irish film board. Okay. Right? But then subsequently, both the killing of a sacred deer and the favorite were also co-funded by the Irish film board, even, even though they have nothing actually to do with Ireland. Um, the other one like that is Lenny Abramson's Frank is a movie that shot in Ireland. Oh, okay. Um, obviously stars Donald Gleeson. Yeah. Um, and so there's that connection. But then Room which has nothing to do with Ireland mm-hmm. is an Irish co-production. So they get, I guess they like, uh, they have relationships with, with filmmakers, Certain filmmakers. And, yeah. Yeah. And it probably works out. They found them. this Greek guy that they really like and, uh, locked into him. And I don't know where Lenny Abramson, Abramson is from. Yeah. Maybe but, he uh, is Irish, but, uh, his name's Lenny. Um, I could see that being British or Irish, but yeah, so I, I've never, no, I've never seen man of Aaron, which is a 1930s, uh, documentary directed by, uh, Robert Flaherty. Am I getting the wrong name? Hmm. The guy who made, uh, Nanak of the North. Is it Robert Flaherty? That sounds right to me. I know. Cause I know it's not Joe, Joe Flaherty from SCTV. And Freaks no, that's and him. He's, uh, <laughs> he's like, I got to get away from these, uh, not real documentaries. And, uh, I want to get into overt parody. And also he's some kind of like warlock who doesn't age. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, uh, Nestor Carbonell in, uh, in lost. What's right. that? Guy? Uh, Richard, Richard right? Alpert. Alpert. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, man, lost is good. It is good. Yes. Good I agree with you. Um, so the earliest one that I've seen is a movie that shot in Ireland, um, and takes place in Ireland, but it's not really an Irish movie in how you mm-hmm. think of it. But uh, Dementia 13, 1963, the Francis Ford Coppola oh, okay. uh, horror movie, which have you ever seen? <clears throat> uh, no, I haven't. I've only seen because it's like a public domain movie. So I've seen one of those like super shitty, like you used to get those DVDs at Walgreens for like three bucks or whatever. Mm-hmm. So that's how I've seen Dementia 13. Yeah. Um, it's good. I would like to see. Uh, uh, and I'm sure there's a, a, a cleaner version of it out there. Probably. Than, than uh, what I saw, but it is... Um, the um the 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 premise is that uh a woman and her husband are on the way to his family's like castle estate in mm-hmm. Ireland and um uh what what's the uh, and so he, basically the idea is that they're married but if he dies before her mother does she's not going to get any of this massive inheritance okay and then he dies and so then she shows up at this family reunion and says, sorry, he got called away on business or whatever and has to keep up, the, uh, keep up the ruse. So it becomes that a her weekend husband, at Bernie's situation. Yeah. That her husband there, you know, the, the scion of the family or whatever is still alive hmm. long enough to ingratiate her, herself to the mother and get written into the will. That's her plan. Um, it's kind of a cool little, uh, yeah. uh, trifle of a movie, but, um, I mentioned the sort of muddiness of the, of the transfer of the DVD that I saw because it shot on location. It like, there's like, uh, you know, uh, uh, a big castle, like on a lake or whatever. I'm sure it's very cool looking. It looked, uh, almost, uh, it, it was impenetrable to me on the terrible sure. DVD that I was watching. Yeah. I'm sh- I, there probably is a nicer version out there. Sure um, now I do want to, uh, I, I, I didn't go in chronological order. I went in no particular order at all. Um, and I, I, my, my focus is a little bit broad, uh, okay. to include, uh, Irish American situations. Um, 
but uh, but I did want to go. But if we are going uh, back, then there is a, a film that actually we talked about uh, on this week's uh, Patreon, uh, which is John Ford's The Informer. Um, OK, starring horse enthusiast Victor McLaughlin. Check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash battleship pretension. Also, as you mentioned, I've never, speaking of John Ford in Ireland, I've never, I've never seen The Quiet Man. I know. Which comes up on every list of the best Irish movies. It's usually like tops the list. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I, unfortunately I've not seen the quiet man. Yeah. I'm, it's definitely one that I'm, I'm always interested in, in a non Western John Ford movie. I, I like his Westerns as well, but it's always, it's always interesting when, uh, when, because clearly I think he, uh, felt passionately about, uh, about Ireland. I assume that he is probably part Irish, uh, or maybe completely, I don't know, but, uh, but yeah, he definitely seemed seemed interested uh, in that. Now, I've seen the Quiet American and a Quiet Place, so like as far as the Quiet Verse goes, yeah, 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 I've got a lot of a lot of them. I just haven't seen yeah. uh, Quiet Man. Isn't there a? Oh no, never mind. What, what is the name of the uh, the Guy Madden film? There's uh, a guy. Isn't it just called like Shh or something? Yeah. That, okay. Now, or, I, yeah. I, for some reason, I thought it was called Quiet, but I, I think you're no, right. No, it's called I think, Careful. Careful. That was it. Or yes. Careful. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, right. I didn't do that quite right. Do you know who I'm doing? Careful. It's That's Angela Lansbury in Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> As the, there's just, oh no! It's it's uh, it's I don't know I don't know who what actor. It's not it Angela. Lansbury? No, it's uh, it's the a wardrobe. Uh, she goes, oh, oh careful! Yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was uh, Angela Lansbury because she's always worried about her son like yeah, breaking yeah. or whatever. Okay, so it's the wardrobe who goes careful. Yeah, <laughs> that's a weird thing to latch on to. <laughs> but uh, okay, so uh, but yeah, it's I haven't seen the Quiet Man either. Uh, it does it, it it immediately felt like. Why are we doing this episode if we haven't seen The Quiet Man? Given how many, because yeah, I also look up li- looked up lists, yeah, and that was always the top of the list. So, uh, but yeah, so I wanted to to mention those. Uh, most of my uh, films, even the ones that deal with like uh, Irish American uh, or or uh, Irish characters in America, uh, most of them are relatively modern. Um, I don't remember exactly when the Molly Maguires came out okay. but uh have you seen it no i love it but didn't i buy you that dvd i believe you might have yes because i worked at paramount for a summer that's right and it was super cheap for you that they had like a because they were remodeling every studio has like a studio store on the mm. lot um where uh, employees can get like this kind of stuff but they were remodeling the studio store so they basically moved everything into tents in the parking lot and had like a tent sale mm. so yeah i got you the molly mcguire's dvd for like a song wow tent sale i remember like when i worked at video update and we would have tent sales mm-hmm. like we would set up tents in the parking lot and and i remember i myself took so, more advantage of them than uh, anybody else uh joanne worley uh is the voice of the wardrobe in okay. beauty and the beast that name sounds familiar uh, yeah. Maybe she's just a voice actress whose name I've seen. Not just a voice actress. I, so I apologize. Yes, uh, merely a voice actress. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, the Molly Maguire's is is uh, it stars Richard Harris and Sean Connery. Sean Connery, notably not Irish, but has played uh, Irish characters in hmm. in multiple films, including uh, The Untouchables. But uh, does nothing to change his accent. 
Uh, it's almost admirable uh, how defiant he is about it's like, nope, I'm doing this Scottish thing. Um, but yeah, and it's and it's all about uh, uh, Irish uh, coal miners in uh, Pennsylvania and the terrible working conditions that they that they had to endure and the and and there was a group called the Molly Maguires and they would actually uh, indulge in uh, industrial espionage and so the film is about uh, a Pinkerton detective played by uh, Richard Harris called in to infiltrate the Molly Maguires and uh, and gather uh, evidence on them and that sort of thing. And so uh, as he does, of course, he gets uh, sort of influenced by them. It's a very it's very much a uh, point break situation. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's it's got a wonderful score by, I believe, Henry Mancini and um, and good performances all around. And uh, yeah, it's it's a, a film that people aren't really familiar with. And I don't remember exactly why. I became aware of it, but I'm glad that I that I did. I, I highly recommend it. The Molly Maguires. Um, so, uh, 1970 is my next one, and it's a movie that I uh, have seen recently. Has a very bad reputation, and yet is very very good, if you ask me. Oh, is it Ryan's daughter? David Lean's Ryan's daughter. Okay. Um, which I guess I kind of understand, given that he himself distanced he distanced himself from it right but i don't know if that was because it was just so poorly received okay because i it's so fascinating to watch we've talked about this before to watch movies more or less in a vacuum mm-hmm. when when they came out obviously they're being seen as part sure. of this director's filmography and so he'd had the 60s where you know he had Lawrence of Arabia and Dr. Zhivago yeah. and now he has Ryan's daughter which is a much more uh, it has a much tighter focus story wise and is more intimate and personal and yet is the length of the other two movies right. and is right. this uh, massive um, undertaking. Um, and so I think people found it indulgent. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I understand in the context um, uh, 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 of that, why people, some people might have uh, reacted poorly because they went in expecting another one of those yeah. uh, David Lean movies. But I actually think the movie is, is terrific. Um, it's, it's beautiful. It's all, you know, lots of, lots of beautiful lo- locations. Um, oh, it also has um, the male, the young male lead, not um, who's the, um, who's the older, the, the American actor in it. Is uh, it Robert Mitchum? It's Robert Mitchum. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, uh, not, not him. The younger male lead, the British actor, um, is, it was so bad that like mm. that they had to like cut around a lot of his performance wow. and, and I think dub some of his lines. So I understand. Yeah. In the heat of things, it feels like a, a, a disaster, but it's actually a really beautifully, deeply felt movie. It's the, in some ways it's the opposite of, of a Lawrence of Arabia, which is mm-hmm. a massive sweeping movie about a person who never always keeps the cards close to their chest. And, and you never quite know what, uh, what they're feeling. Um, Ryan's daughter in this case, I'm, I'm forgetting, uh, uh, cause I am bad at this. Um, I'm forgetting the actress's name, but, uh, yeah, I don't have it. Um, 
is very, very emotional. It's a uh, kind of her downfall is that she, uh, mm-hmm. has this relationship with this older man, uh, Robert Mitchum, who's the only person in town who is her, um, sort of intellectual equal, uh, and then gets distracted by this, um, uh, dashing and, and sort of romantically wounded man who comes yeah. wounded both physically and perhaps mentally who comes back from, uh, I guess world war one. Is that when it takes place? Um, and, and has this, uh, this, this affair. And so it's a, it's a tragedy in a very Greek type mm-hmm. of tragic sense that the lead character, um, is, uh, a good person. She's, uh, uh, she's the hero of the story. You root for her, but she has this fatal flaw, yeah. uh, which is that she wants something more than her provincial life so much that she, Hey, back to beauty and the beast. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. She's a lot like <laughs> Belle. Um, that, that she, uh, sort of throws things away at the slightest, uh, uh, hint of the promise of a, hmm. Of a, of a new world. Anyway, it's, it's, uh, it's really beautiful. And it's like, you see, I feel like we don't see anymore because stuff can be when, when movies have a big budget crowds and stuff are done often digitally or whatever. Like right. they don't, it's rare to have a hundred extras, especially in costume period costumes. Yeah. It's, it's rare to see all them and that sort of detail anymore. And, but yeah. the, the sort of horrible, um, uh, horrifying climactic, uh, sequence in Ryan's daughter where the entire town turns on her and like all shows up at her house to like drag her out, hmm. uh, because the, they're Irish and the soldier is part of the, yeah. you know, British garrison. They hate, they hate the British soldier. The entire yeah. town does. So the fact that she has this affair with a British soldier makes her, uh, persona non grata uh in in town and so the time the the scene when everyone shows up is uh overwhelming for the character right um and just as a viewer because there's just yeah teeming mass of angry villagers almost like they're 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 showing up to to kill frankenstein yeah frankenstein's monster sorry uh and after a while you kind of wonder it's like i mean it's only one woman do you all need to be there like probably could do this with like five guys yeah anything else to do though I guess that's true. Yeah. Small town room. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So, uh, yeah. So what's, uh, what's, what's up next for you? A lot of my stuff is like nineties and two thousands is the actress's name. Sarah miles. Okay. Um, okay. So what's up next? Oh, another, uh, this is a movie that I came to late in life, but, uh, listeners of this show over the past few years know that I love this movie Mm. and that's John Borman's Excalibur. Sure. Yeah. I've seen that shot entirely in, in Ireland. And I think I had, I think in my mind I was expecting, well, what's weird is I had not seen Conan the barbarian Mm. when I saw Excalibur. I've since seen both. I thought they were both going to be sort of along the same lines. Right. Conan the barbarian is kind of exactly the movie I thought it was going to be. And it's not that I don't think it's that great. Um, at all. It has, it has a few sequences. Anything related to John Milius is very much what you see is what you get. Uh, you know, his stuff is very, uh, don't get me wrong. I, I admire him a lot in a way, but, uh, yeah, yeah, he's not going to throw you any curveballs. Well, this is, uh, I don't know if this is an exception to the rule because I've never actually seen the movie. Have you seen Jeremiah Johnson? No, I haven't. My, my, my dad adapted it from the, my dad loved it, but I never saw it. 
Do you remember there was a few months ago there was a thing where because there's that gif of Robert Redford smiling, yes, yes. that a bunch of people apparently like for years thought was Zach Galifianakis. Really? It became like so that that gif was used a lot throughout the internet, and yeah. then people finding out that it a wasn't Zach Galifianakis and B was Robert Redford that went viral. Wow, there's something stuck in my teeth. Before. Oh, okay. Uh, anyway, so um. Yeah, Excalibur uh, is is not at all the movie that I thought it, thought it was. Yeah. It's um, you know uh, it's it's dreamlike. I was going to use the word that I use in movie reviews when I write them, but I realized I don't know how to spell it or how to pronounce it. Okay, uh, spell it out. Uh, o n e i r i c oniric. It means dream. Oh, okay. Dreamy, yeah. dreamlike. But I've never oniric. Oh boy, oniric? yeah. I, I don't know. I, I've never said it out loud. Um, right. but that's exactly how you, how I would describe Excalibur, yeah. which is a movie that in which the, the sort of the fog never lifts. Literally. It feels like you're in this, uh, it, it feels like you're, it feels like the, 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 the mist you have to get through. This is going from Ireland to Scotland, but, yeah. uh, to get to Brigadoon, it feels like the entire movie sure. is halfway between Brigadoon and, and the real world. It's and a, it helps. It also helps that, or it helps this feeling that all the dialogue is 80 is dubbed. Mm-hmm. So like everything feels like a, a dream in the movie. Yeah. Uh, when, uh, when we were at, uh, I've talked about this before, but like when we were at uh, SMS, I took an Arthurian myth class, Southwest Missouri state university. That's not just known as Missouri state university. Go bears. I guess I think I'm sure it's probably still the bears. They don't look clearly. They don't know who they are anymore. So maybe, yeah. uh, it's just a question mark. But, I remember the, um, they did that thing. I don't know if they still do this. God, I hope they don't Where like the male teams are the bears, but the female teams are the lady bears. Uh, sure. <laughs> that yeah, that yeah. seems annoying, but uh, I knew that because the only team that we had at the time that we worked there, that worked there, that time that we went there for that <laughs> one year, um, that was any good was the, I think the women's basketball team was yeah. actually quite good um, at the time. I don't know if they still are. I, yeah. Uh, it's uh no, they've really gone to shit uh, ever since they dropped the Southwest. Um, yeah, it's uh, and so we watched an, uh, along with reading through, you know, the Once in Future King by T. H. White. Uh, we also watched a, a handful of uh, uh, King Arthur movies, and Excalibur really stands out because it's not. It's dreamlike and one could say even nightmarish at times. Like when we think of Camelot and when we think of the world of King Arthur, it is a world of magic and there's like a dazzling inspirational quality to it. That is not the world of Excalibur. Uh, it, it feels at times very dour, uh, and it just feels like, yeah, imagine a world of magic, but, uh, still with, uh, you know, Irish weather. Um, and it's, it's it I can't imagine it it's a very good movie, but I feel like if if you were a kid who like just drank in everything King Arthur related, it's like, oh my gosh, I'm I can't wait to watch Excalibur. And then you're like, I'm this is I'm sad now. This movie has made me sad. Um it is uh it is that that kind of film. And yet in that way, it's actually a little bit truer to the actual myth of King Arthur because we mm-hmm. think of the nobility, but like any like any hero uh, that you find, he has a tragic flaw and he winds up making a lot of bad bad mistakes. And so it is it is a, a much more down to earth uh, 
maybe even lower than that, maybe even a little bit hellish uh, depiction of, of King Arthur. And uh, I yeah. do I do like it a lot. Yeah, I, I didn't know how to again. take it at the time. But yeah, I, I, I want to watch think it again. If now. I had seen it when I was in high school, I would have thought it was corny. That's interesting. I, I probably, yeah, I probably would have as well. Because I, I think, you know, I would have thought <laughs> I was smarter than it or whatever. Um, yeah. And I would have been resistant to letting it sort of cast its spell over me, which is yeah. how it feels now. It's a movie that you kind of submit to. Yeah. Um, all right. So, uh, yeah, the lady bears are still the lady bears. Their Twitter is MSU lady bears. Okay. And they're still good. Uh, yeah. last year they made it to the sweet 16 in the, uh, in, in, in the, in the women's, uh, NCAA tournament. All right. I don't, it means when no, they're, they're means. one of the last, it starts with 64 teams. Oh, they're one of the, okay. And then it goes to 32. All right. And then 16, they made it to that. Didn't they call it the Sweet 16 because the Lady Bears? No, it's called like the Sweet 16 if, no matter what? The men's okay. as well. All right, yeah, see that. the Elite Eight and then the Final Four. Oh, all right. Um, they made it to the Final Four in 2001. So they like the alliteration. Yeah. All right. Anyway. Okay, moving um, on. Which was the year we were there, right? We were there 2000, 2001. Yes. So that's why I, that's why I remember at the time mm-hmm. that they made it to the final four, the, our, our spring semester of the one year we were at that school. Okay. Listeners care about this. I Yeah. You know what they actually do in my experience, which is crazy to me. Um, uh, okay, what's up next? Well, this is, uh, all right, this is a bit of a, det- a side sidebar. Mm-hmm. Speaking of... Um, uh, I don't know what I was going to say, but uh, you were talking about movies about Irish Americans. Yeah. And I realized for someone as clearly Italian American as Martin Scorsese. Yeah. He's covered it a lot mm-hmm. twice because because um, Jimmy uh, uh, in Goodfellas is Conway. Jimmy Conway yeah. is Irish. Yeah. Obviously, Frank Sheeran uh, in the Irishman is Irish, yeah. but also like you've got the Irish gangs in gangs of New York. Yeah. Like this is a, uh, Irish Americans in New York or something that has been covered a lot by Martin Scorsese. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I was going to talk about, I obviously I, in talking about like Irish Americans, I am going to be talking a fair amount about the Irish mob, uh, in, uh, several movies. Uh, uh but I don't, but yeah. I don't necessarily want to, uh, get to that yet. Cause yeah, I don't want, I don't want to disrupt already your... realizing, realizing I forgot. Okay. Um, but it will, I, you probably have it. Mm-hmm. It's from 2001, 2002. It's an Irish gangster movie. Uh, probably. Yes. Yeah, I think you have that one. So, uh, okay. But what's next? Uh, well then we go to, okay. Now, so far, I think outside of Ryan's daughter, I haven't really been touching on things that people think of when they think of Irish movies. Sure. 1992's the crying game is absolutely a movie that people, yes. it's one of the first ones I thought of. Yeah. Um, and talk about seeing a movie like, um, well, like uh, with both Ryan's daughter and Excalibur, I was talking about seeing movies sort of after their re- their reputations have already been established. Right. The Crying Game is it's not the movie you expect. Although now, if you listen to this, you will uh, exactly. Yeah. But it's the thing that everyone knows about the Crying Game is the the big twist or the big reveal, reveal. yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Which um, a happens halfway through the movie. There's yeah. a whole second half of the movie after that. Yeah. And B isn't directly related to what the movie is actually about in terms of if you were to describe the plot of the movie, yeah. you could leave that out and still describe the plot of the movie. Yeah. It's, I mean, it, it, it impacts character dynamics obviously, yeah. but, uh, but yeah, that seems to be happening. It's, well, this gets into like a, a whole other thing. I, the movies that I really like, especially movies that have uh, a pretty clear cut, uh, 
story, a clear cut plot, but still find time to incorporate these interesting character moments. And you wonder like, well, what does this have to do with anything? It's like, well, in a way, everything, uh, because these are the characters that are engaging with the plot. And then you ask like, okay, well, what impact is this having on them as they impact, uh, the plot? So I do, yeah, I, I think it's such an interesting choice in the crying game. Uh, and I've not seen the film in many years. Uh, but I remember, yes, uh, as you mentioned, I had an idea of what it was. I was very surprised to discover that, Oh, uh, I thought this would happen at the end, but no, there's still a lot of movie left. Like, yeah, because it was treated as a twist as opposed to a reveal, uh, I think, yeah, I assumed it was at the end. It's a, it's a really good, really unexpected movie because it, it's, it take, it's a 1992 movie that takes place in 1992. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but it has a, the feel of being about sort of a lot of Irish, recent Irish history at that time, you know, the, the troubles and, yeah. and, and, and the IRA, um, uh, and, and, and whatnot, but it's also, I mean, so much of the Irish troubles are about, are rooted in religious differences. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the fact that the movie is also very much about sexuality, yeah. um, is, uh, an unexpected contrast. I guess what I'm trying to get at is it was a big, like, I can't remember, um, uh, it, it, it won, uh, an Oscar for original screenplay was nominated mm-hmm. for best picture director, actor, supporting actor and editing. So it yeah. had the feel of a prestige movie. Right. And when I finally watched it, it both is that and is weirder and more distinct than I ex- expected from. Yeah. And it was also the first Neil Jordan film. Yeah. Uh, I think that I'd, that I'd seen, he's one of the uh, he and Jim Sheridan, we, neither of us, I guess, have seen My Left Foot, uh, right, which yeah. is kind of another big Irish movie. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, The Crying Game is uh, another one in its own way that um, people know that it's good, but they either think of it as a prestige awards type movie or they think of it as the movie with the one plot twist. Yeah. It's really its own thing, and it's much more uh, complex and fascinating than that. And uh uh, great little performance from Jim Broadbent. Yeah. Yeah. As a, as a bartender, right? Yeah. It's fun to see him show up in, in earlier in, in films that, that were made before, like when we, we became aware of him. Like if you watch Brazil, you see him as a doctor in Brazil. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, along with, uh, Catherine Helmond, rest in peace. Yes, yeah. indeed. Okay. So I'm moving to 1998 and okay. a movie that I have, I have made the mistake once upon a time or once upon a time uh, from time to time I made the mistake when you're talking about British, mm-hmm. like the village movies, you know, sure. like Saving Grace and the Englishman who went up a hill and came down a mountain. Yeah, yeah. There's a million of them. Green Fingers. There's uh, some yeah. of the calendar girls. Full Monty is kind of uh, that. Full Monty. Yeah. yeah. There's the new one, Military Wives from the director of Full Monty. I just saw the trailer. Oh, okay. Um, uh, and I've made the mistake of lumping Waking Ned Divine in, yeah. but not a British movie. Yeah. It's an Irish movie. A very Irish movie, yeah. I feel like. Yeah, but I, I have to clarify that or else I'll get the uh, Ryan Daughter treatment. All the all the townspeople <laughs> are going to show up and exactly. shave my head. Um, uh, they shave her head? Uh, yeah, it's really uh, upsetting. Oh. Um, uh, <laughs> anyway. I don't know why. It's just like, it's like that is uh, a bridge too far, sir. But it is. It is it's to have your head. Uh, no, I you know. know. It's like to, to physically... Wind. 
alter somebody. Yeah. Um, but now, uh, Waking the Divine is a, uh, I haven't seen it in a long time, but it, it's a, it's a fun movie, right? I saw it's it at the time. Movie. Yeah. I saw it at the time. I think I've probably seen it like once since. Yeah. Um, and I remember, yeah, really enjoying it, thinking it's very delightful. And as, as is the case with all of those village movies, but I felt like it more with this one, like the idea of community, um, and then that moment there at the end where, uh, or I guess it's towards the end where character is delivering a eulogy, yeah. uh, and in actuality, he's talking about his friend mm-hmm. who is very much still alive. It's a really, it's a, that's a really touching moment. Yeah. Um, now incidentally we did pass over a film well, that is not, I know you said 98 and I, and I was going to say something, but, uh, so this is not a movie made in Ireland, Okay. Uh, but it's an Irish mobster movie. It is Miller's Crossing. Oh, from yeah. 1990. Um, and somehow when I was talking about Scorsese, I skipped to The Departed, which is like the most I- yeah, Irish was, mob movie. Uh, it was extre- it's an extremely Irish yeah. mob. But no, yeah, Miller's Crossing, which is a uh, Chicago Irish mob. Or does it? Is it, it one does, of those? It doesn't, it doesn't say? specify, but I, I think, think Chicago, Chicago is Chicago kind movie. of the, yeah. Um, and uh yeah, I, I I love it. I specifically love the the musical score, which has which incorporates like instrument and in, instrumentation that you would find in more traditional like Irish music, uh, and and you also have this situation where there are Italian characters, there are Jewish characters, but our our lead actor uh, Gabriel Byrne is himself uh, Irish, and then Albert Finney. I don't know if he's Irish, but he certainly uh, the the character is meant to be, and. Uh, yeah, I I don't have a lot to say about it from the standpoint of uh, uh, an Irish mentality. Some of these I, some of these movies I will, but not necessarily this well, one. And there was also I, a movie called State of Grace that starred. Okay. Um, uh, uh, I think how is it? It's I know it's Gary Oldman. I don't remember who the lead actor is. It might be Sean Penn. I think it's Sean Penn. Okay. Um, and I think Ed Harris, but yeah. Um, well, there is, I, I don't know if this is specifically Irish, but there's to Miller's crossing and to some of the other, especially gangsta Irish gangster movies we'll talk about, but some of these other movies in general, there's a fatalism that I find especially Catholic. Sure. Um, yeah, which we'll definitely get to in a few, but, yeah. uh, yeah, I, 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 I mean, of course there's still, Italian Catholicism, which you would see in like the Godfather, but the fatalism doesn't seem to come from the characters. It comes from the filmmaker commenting on them. Whereas the, just the sort of, for lack of a better term, dead eyed, unemotional Mm -hmm. assumption that like, well, we basically damned ourselves. Uh, Well, that's, I mean, we keep dancing around road to perdition. It's coming later, but that doesn't, Paul Newman actually have a line that like you and I won't see heaven or something like that. Yeah. Uh, Um, yeah. And there's just, it's like, it's like, well, you know, you could stop what you're doing. (laughs) Uh, I'm about to ruin the image and the style that you're used to. I think we're done for the day. Um, <laughs> That's no, that it's, Irish fatalism. <laughs> uh, but no, it's, it's, and the concept of, and I realize that Catholic and Protestant, obviously very different, uh, even though at the core they, they should be the same, but the concept of grace and the concept of forgiveness and redemption, like that's out, uh, in, in these movies. In the movie, um, yeah. 
Um, and then, so I, I want to make a brief reference to a movie that I hate, but is kind of the epitome of the Irish American uh, bullshit. Okay. And that's 1999's The Boondock Saints. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. There's another 99 film, which we'll talk about. What uh, is that? Uh, Angela's Ashes. Which I've never seen. Is oh, 99? Okay. Uh, it's 99, yeah. Uh, so much coming out that year. I guess I just missed it. Yeah, there's a, uh, a so many things and a, a really great uh, musical score. Uh, yeah, Boondock Saints. Uh, we don't. Have to, we can go on to Angel's Ashes. Okay, all right. Say. I mean, any, it's just that, any that, opportunity to bash Boondock Saints, I'm perfectly fine with taking advantage. But I guess of. I just see Troy Duffy as being exactly the kind of Irish American who is really into yes. his Irishness and probably has like a Celtic knot tattoo and like uh, would show up, uh, would go to Ireland and say, Hey, I'm Irish. And probably all the Irish people roll their eyes at, at that sort of yeah. person. Like, and wasn't there a, if I recall overnight correctly, like part of his, like his uh, contract, part of his deal uh, was that like he gets like an Irish pub out of it as well? Yeah, Harvey that, he would, that he would co-run. Yeah, yeah, and uh, so it's like, yeah, that seems like the kind of bullshit that somebody who's sort of posturing and playing up his. Don't get me wrong, like Troy Duffy, like I'm, I he, he is undoubtedly Irish, uh, but like, yeah, trying to I like really play that up. And if yeah, there's one thing that I've learned that. from Bar Rescue and and the Gordon Ramsay shows is that. The type of person who goes, it would be really cool to own my own bar is probably pretty ill suited to owning a bar. I imagine so. Yeah. Um, it's certainly, uh, certainly something I've learned from, uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Um, yeah, it's, I, I, uh, I mean, I'm fine to, honestly, I'm fine to just kind of get all of the Irish mob movies out of the way. Uh, and so I, in talking about road to perdition and, uh, gangs of New York and the departed, uh, I agree. There is, there is this fatalism and I'm always reluctant to say that sort of thing because then it sounds like I'm just saying this is how Irish people are. Okay. Um, and despite any number of comedians that would absolutely affirm that, uh, I'm reluctant to say it, uh, cause I don't want to paint with a broad brush, but it is something that you will find in these films. Uh, there's a certain, coldness not an unemotional like the characters aren't unemotional um but there's a there's a certain coldness to movies like road to perdition and um miller's crossing and then you see you do see a little bit more like over the top for lack of a better term passion in the departed but if you look specifically at like dicaprio and matt damon there is this element of being reserved uh, and not wanting to talk about things. And, uh, and I'm reminded of, you know, there's a TV show, but the movie, the, the show brotherhood as opposed oh, right, to yeah. the Sopranos, like the Sopranos is boisterous and often quite funny and yes, horrendous. Yeah. Uh, brotherhood is dour and workmanlike yeah. and, uh, you know, it's similar principles, but a very different, uh, outcome. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> all right. Um, 2002, a banner year. Sure. Okay. You've got Bloody Sunday. Mm-hmm. Evelyn. Did you ever see Evelyn? It's not very good. Pierce Brosnan. I remember it. you. I remember you watching it at uh, Wayne Manor, and you said like, <laughs> "I didn't care for this." Oh yeah. This is our old, uh, the second apartment we had together in Chicago. We yes. referred to as Wayne Manor because 
It was on the corner of Early and Wayne. If yeah. you want to look up in Chicago where it is. And, and the building has the word Wayne real big on the front. Yeah, etched in uh, yeah. in stone. So we call the Wayne Manor. Uh, so yeah, we want, uh, yeah, Evelyn is a... It's a, it's a very sort of like, it feels like a made-for-TV like issue movie. It's right. based on a true story about um, a uh, the Irish sort of family law system being uh, so predisposed to awarding custody to mothers, and right. Bruce Brosnan is clearly the better parent yeah. for his daughter's custody, but he's got to fight against all the these assumptions. It's, uh, it's, it's very much a just standard issue issue movie and i and um, i remember uh i think it might have been the the av club that was talking they i read their their review and they mentioned that like you know pierce brosnan who himself is i believe irish uh and has a natural irish accent that he often plays down and just like converts into like mm-hmm. more traditional uh more traditional british accent in his films there's like he is in full irish mode right down to saying like jesus uh <laughs> you know um so yeah bloody sunday which is a great movie mentioned games in new york in america which is uh when you talk about i guess irish directors of the 20th mm-hmm. century you're talking about neil jordan and jim sheridan those yes. are like the two big yeah. uh of the late 20th century, I guess. I forgot the butcher boy. Have you ever I've seen never the seen butcher it. boy? Is that also Jim Sheridan? That is, uh, I or think Neil it's Jordan? Neil Jordan. Okay. Um, I might be wrong about that. 99 as well. 99, 98. Okay. I don't remember exactly what year, but that's an interesting one as well. And one that I, uh, I actually recommend quite a bit. It's very disturbing. Like it definitely, you know, it's a nice double feature with, uh, Angela's ashes as far as just depressing yeah. Irish childhoods. Uh, but it also has, uh, a rather twisted sense of humor, uh, and I, I uh, it's it's really good. So yeah, in two thousand two, um, I keep ruining my own momentum for the joke I'm trying to make. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, no, I'm doing it to myself. Yeah, you've got Evelyn, you got Games in New York, but you've got Bloody Sunday in America, the Magdalene Sisters, and of course, the best movie ever filmed in Ireland, Rain of Fire. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yes, absolutely. That movie. Okay. I like, love that movie so much. It's I so much too. fun. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, it's a great big, uh, monster action movie. Yeah. Um, that has a bit of fantasy to it, but a bit of science fiction yeah. to it. And in a movie with dragons, you'd think that they would be the biggest things on screen, but yeah. no, it's Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. And the, Matthew McConaughey is a, is a scenery chewer a lot of the time. And I would say in recent years, I've become very annoyed mm-hmm. with it. Like I think, <clears throat> post uh <coughs> post true detective i think he's uh uh i don't know i mean there's good stuff like um uh what's the richard linkletter one with uh, jack black that i'm forgetting the name of uh oh bernie bernie yeah, uh, yeah. He, he's great in that um and, and some other stuff but if you see like i mean well, his, I, his terrible commercials that i that you can't escape and yeah. also uh gold which no one saw thankfully right. i did see it it's really really bad he's way over the top I think um, he's quite good in Interstellar. I think he does some good work there. Okay. Uh, it's a movie I don't love, but I remember liking him quite a bit. I think, I mean, his character is very emotional, but I don't think he's necessarily over the top about it. Um, and I also love <laughs> him in, in Magic Mike. Like, that's, that's, see, that's, good, a, that's some good scenery that's chewing. Yeah, there's some, some movies where you're supposed to go big. Magic yeah. Mike is one of them. Days of Confused sure. would be one of them. But yeah, Reign of Fire, just his... Just, uh, amidst all of these cowering, you know, uh, Brits and Irish people, yeah. uh, he's just swaggering American cigar chomping. Yeah. He's a stereotype of, of the, uh, ugly American in a way that's, yeah. uh, he, he, you almost can't help. You understand like the charms. He's like this cowboy American, um, 
you know, obviously this is within the first Bush administration. I think there's sure. probably something to be said about yeah. to be read into. I, I don't know if it's what, uh, um, what was the director's name? Rob, uh, Oh boy. I don't know. I don't remember. Oh, what is his name? He did the X files movie as well. Uh, or one of them. Hmm. Oh Jesus. It's going to bug me. Um, Anyway, I, I don't know if he was intentionally say, making a statement about George W. Bush's foreign policy, but I feel like you can't help but read that into it in a way. Um, I feel like you can't help but read that into it. But uh, the idea of like the yes, the the cowboy swagger, uh, but also the most he's the most competent character. So like you could look at it either that's true. way. That's true. Um, and also the character is is in the tradition of like Quint in Jaws yeah. or like Michael Douglas in The Ghost in the Darkness, like this this seen it all hunter yeah. uh, type character. And even in, in Ghost in the Darkness, like the character, like they're in Africa. The main character played by uh, Val Kilmer is Irish. And then the American hunter comes in yeah. and uh, takes care of business. But these characters always die. Uh, and, and Matthew yeah. McConaughey Spoilers is no exception for, yeah. Yeah, for rain of fire, yeah. but still, but check he dies in the fire. biggest way you can think. Did of. you look up the director's name? Uh, I started to, and then I got distracted. Um, but we should, I, I blew past bloody Sunday to make my little joke, but obviously yeah. bloody Sunday is, um, it gave us the, the, uh, Paul Greengrass that we know, yeah. uh, today. And he's continued to make movies in this, in this style, I think I would say with somewhat diminishing returns, uh, the last one, um, the, the Nor- Nor- Norway terror. Oh, shooting that's one right. That I've yeah. already forgotten the name of. Um, yeah, I don't remember. It was the date, right? I believe it's, is it the date? Uh, Rob Bowman, by the way, is the Rob name Bowman. of the, of the yeah, guy. Yeah. I kept wanting to say Rob Thomas. Uh, but that's the guy who either the guy from matchbox 20 or the guy who created Veronica Mars. Yeah. We're not the same people. Well, I mean, you don't know. <laughs> I've been told I've asked. Yeah. Okay. Just All like right. I've heard that director David Lowry who made a ghost story and, and peach dragon is not the guy from the band cracker. I don't know that to be true. Right. Uh, or, I've never seen them in the same place yeah. at the same time. Yeah. And obviously, yeah. When camper van Beethoven was touring, that's David Lowry's band before cracker. Sure. Uh, mysteriously, David Lowry, the director wasn't putting out any new movies at that time <laughs> or any movies because he was probably 13. <laughs> <laughs> do you think, um, in regards to Paul Greengrass, do you think that, you know, like a Wes Anderson or a Tim Burton, uh, do you think that his, you know, you say diminishing returns, is it that he's gotten necessarily worse or that he's sort of on autopilot or is it that we all just got thing. used to it? Uh, I think it's an autopilot thing. 22 July is the, is, okay. is, is the name, but I mean, he's made cause bloody Sunday, United 93 and captain Phillips are all really good. The, I yes. Think. They're great. Yeah. And 22 July just feels like, it feels like he's got his style down so much that he's not actually thinking that much about what he's doing. So it's the first one. I honestly, to some extent with all of these movies, bloody Sunday, um, United 93 for me, particularly for, or or for probably most Americans particularly, but, um, certainly bloody Sunday for a lot of Irish people as well. Feels like there's a little bit of like nervousness going in. Like this could be exploitative. Yeah. I don't think they are. Whereas 22 July, I think, comes the closest to that sort of thing because I I think he took his eye off the ball and he's just sort of going, uh, I think his style lends itself to a certain, to at least, um, 
I guess, an eye towards objectivity or, or the appearance of objectivity. And from what you've right. told me yeah. about 22 July, it is not that. It actually lays it on thick. Uh, yeah, that's a problem. And yeah, whereas like something like Captain Phillips, despite it being called Captain Phillips, like the film still humanizes every character that's there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, same with United 93. Um, okay, sorry, we can... Not that 22 July was his first bad movie, because he'd made... Right, he made Green, Green Zone. Zone. and Jason Bourne. Right. Um, which I think is even worse than Green Zone. Green Zone is forgettable. Jason Bourne is uh, a movie that I still like. I didn't see either one. There are certain movies that I think are so bad that when you think about them in the past, you still have like a physical. Sure. And this is a, I, I, uh, to jump to next to 2003, there's, uh, going from a banner year to a very bad year. There's Joel Schumacher's Veronica Guerin in 2003, which is oh, a yeah. very bad movie. And then there's a sort of 10 years too late Pulp Fiction ripoff called intermission. Oh, or it's like a right. Pulp Fiction or something ripoff, but it's also the guy. Cause Guy Ritchie is also kind of a post, Tarantino director yeah. and intermission feels like a post Guy Ritchie movie. It's the yeah. sort of this, uh, interwoven ensemble crime movie that doesn't need no. to be talked about very much. Um, and yeah. Veronica Guerin is just, it's just like, why is Joel Schumacher making this movie? Uh, it's a true story of yeah. a, of a, um, of a, um, she a reporter. She was a reporter who was murdered by the criminal gang that she was hmm. uh exposing in her reports yeah um that's not a spoiler you see her get murdered at the very beginning of the movie and then the rest is a flashback yeah um but it, it much like evelyn it just seems that by the number like a by the numbers type of of thing uh i jumped past the magdalene sisters which is only worth yeah. mentioning because it's um uh such a difficult watch i don't know if you saw it i i did not it's the true, also a true story. Um, but unlike uh, Veronica Guerin feels too, um, uh, too broad and almost antiseptic because it's formulaic to, to really feel anything. Magdalene sisters maybe comes closer to being exploitation. Um, although I do think it's a well-made movie. That's mm-hmm. a true story of, of women who were inmates in a, a church run, uh, asylum who, and who were, mm. who were, uh, physically and sexually abused. Thanks. Um, yeah. Uh, all right, uh, and we didn't actually talk much about uh, in America, which is a movie oh, right. that I that I I like. I don't necessarily love. Oh, okay, I think I loved it at the time. Um, it's been a long time. Yeah, it's it's actually possible I might like it more now. Uh, but yeah, it's it's this uh, uh, Irish family um, led by uh, Patty Considine, I think, right? Um, and then Samantha, is it Samantha Morton? Yeah. 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 And, uh, good performances all around and definitely captures, uh, or at least as far as I know, I don't know, I'm not an immigrant, but like, uh, capturing like the, the immigrant experience, which we would talk, which we'll talk about more in a moment. Uh, and you know what? Uh, I, there are actually two more like Irish mob movies, but I'll get to them later. Um, in America also has, it was kind of, well, I never saw Amistad. So it was right. kind of where I first saw Jaiman Hunsu. Yeah. And he's not only is he great, but Jamin Hunsu is he's reached that level of fame where people just know how to pronounce his name. Like yeah. what I think of like as like the Ray Fines. Sure. Like people just know that it's Ray Fines. Yeah. And you know it, She tell as you for not quite not quite there. Not quite. Yeah. Um yeah, I'm trying to think who else. Uh Donald Gleason I don't think is quite there. Yeah, no. Um, I was calling him Domino up until. Yeah, uh, I think I still I still instinctively call him that. But I need what was the movie it. last year? The little what was that horror movie? It was really good. Uh, 
It was Lenny Abramson. Yeah. And I didn't put it on this list because I don't think it takes place in... Uh, yeah, now I don't remember, and it looked really good to it, me. It was, I liked it a lot. Yeah. Um, and and I remember being like, how on earth, like, why did Len, Lenny Abrams, Abramson make this? Um, yeah. after, the Little Stranger. Know, the Little Stranger, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, oh man, I forgot all about that. Now it's all I want to do yeah, is, is watch it, that movie. Um, uh, okay. All right, um, I don't have to go into detail about every one of my list. I'll just mention that I've seen 2004's Rory O'Shea was here and I'll leave it at that. Sure. Uh, we mentioned the departed 2006 also a big year because you had, yeah, the departed is Irish American, but for actual Irish, Irish movies you had once and the wind that shakes the barley. Yeah. Um, the year before you have, uh, and it's, it's an American movie by a Canadian director, but it is about the Irish mob and it's a history of violence. Um, Oh, and again, this, I mean, I, any, any mob movie is, is about, uh, cold calculation when it comes right down to it. But the idea of, uh, Ed Harris, who has played Irish mobsters and a lot of other movies. Um, but like the idea of him just being so, uh, the, the revenge that he's going to get, he's, Oh, he can practically taste it. Um, and, and there's a real vindictive quality to, to his character, but, but the other mobster characters as well. Um, so I wanted to mention that, but yes, once, once and, in the window, yeah. yeah, both, Irish movies in 2006, kind of opposite spectrum, <laughs> spectrum because once is yeah. a, a very uplifting movie mm-hmm. and when the shakes the barley is, uh, an IRA movie, yeah. uh, which could be an episode, uh, it could on, on, on its own. Um, if yeah. I have a few more to catch up on, uh, before I see that, but, uh, before we do that, but, um, yeah, I really like uh, that. And here's a weird, uh, association I have with the wind that shakes the barley. So it's a 2006 film, but mm-hmm. I think it came out, came out here in 2007, I believe. Oh, did it come out at the, I think it might have, maybe it came out at the end of 2006. Cause I remember right when you moved out here, mm-hmm. we were going to go see it together and then you couldn't at the last minute. Yeah. Like I remember being at the theater and finding out that you weren't meeting me there. Oh, I can't yeah. remember what it was. Uh, but it was at, it was the, uh, the sunset five, no longer I've, there. Uh, now it's an AMC now it's dine a, it. Now it's, Oh, it is. Oh, well, okay. it, it was a sunset five and then it became a Sundance. That's right. Theater. Yes. It was a Sundance sunset, which I went yeah. to a number of times. Uh, I saw Mr. Turner there, um, of all things. Um, I think I might've seen room. No, I didn't see room there. Um, but, uh, and now, yeah, now it's an AMC dine in. I don't think I haven't I've, been, I don't think I've been there since it was the sunset five. Um, but yeah, the Sundance so. sunset was nice. I'm sure it was, this is for no one, but, um, uh, <laughs> for no one, but Angelina's, I guess. But if you could picture the, the sunset five, mm-hmm. Lemley sunset five, right? Yeah. Um, you wouldn't be able to picture what they did with the Sundance sunset. It was like, who knew there was this much room? Because yeah, the Sundance, it seemed pretty. The sunset small. five was not stadium seating. Yeah. It was a raked floor. The Sundance sunset had stadium seating, yeah. but the floor of the lobby is still at the same place. So how did they, did they have a whole like level below? They just weren't using maybe that it goes, that it, that it went down into, I don't know. Um, they were just storing wine. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know what the AMC is like, yeah. but, uh, um, anyway, we're, I'll say we're this. Uh, I have not seen the wind that shakes the barley barley since it was like a, uh, a new release on video. I remember very little about it. I remember once much, much more, uh, okay. partially cause I've seen it more. Um, I remember liking the wind that shakes the barley, uh, but I, I don't have much, uh, rem- uh memory for it. Uh, yeah, we don't need to go into it okay. except that it, um, it Did was it? at the time the, 
for for five years until we get to uh, another movie, it was the highest grossing independently produced Irish movie. Oh wow! Um, yeah, we'll get to another one hmm. uh, in in five years. Um, next thing I have is the Secret of Kells in um, in two thousand nine, which is an animated uh, film directed by Tom Moore and right. Maura Toomey. Um, it's one of those movies I don't really remember much of the plot. Yeah. Uh, it's a magical, like sort of journey through the woods. It's, yeah. you know, visually it looks really interesting. You've seen it. Uh, no, I oh, okay. Yeah. It, Cause this, the same group of people also made, um, song of the sea, which is, I think oh, okay. an even better movie, but also there, you know, so much of what we talked, we've talked about, uh, and this could be me just talking completely out of school because I don't, I'm not Irish and I've <laughs> never been to Ireland, but so much of what we talked about in terms of like, movies reflecting like our idea of Ireland has been about, you know, the Catholics and the Protestants and the yeah. troubles and, and the sort of joke, about the reputation for drinking and stuff like that. Yeah. But like you go even further back and you've got the, the, the Gaelic culture and it's, you know, it's a very, um, pastoral culture and it's a, it has its own sort of like, uh, myths and legends. And so there is a bit of like, um, and I think Scotland has a lot of this too. This there's a, there's a sense that there's some sort of magic, yeah, uh, yeah, there. And I think the secret of the secret of Kells and, and Song of the Sea uh, both tap into that, and they're absolutely beautiful films to to look at. Um, so next up for me is the movie that I was surprised to learn in my research today is the movie that unseated the wind that shakes the barley is the highest grossing independently produced Irish film of all time, and that's John Michael McDonald's The Guard. The guard. That's right. I forgot to put that on my on my list, which I have seen and I and I enjoyed. Uh, it starred Brendan Gleeson, but also Don, Don Cheadle, Cheadle. Yeah. Uh, and maybe that's why it did well. I don't oh, know yeah, because it had a, a big American yeah. star. I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a del- it's a delightful film in many ways, yeah. and yet still has like a weird air of melancholy to it. Yeah. Uh, well, also which I guess shouldn't be surprising, but it's it's an Irish. Yeah. It's a, it's in its own ways. It's it's. It's, in its own way, it's very Irish, but it's also um, uh, kind of a Western. Yeah, like, yeah I and I think that. the 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 score, which is by um, uh, I can't remember the name of the band. An American band did mm-hmm. the score, and it's a very Western influenced yeah um, uh, score. But the 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 feeling of it does ha- it does have this feeling of like the you know, the, the marshal and the sheriff, you know, yeah. rustling up the locals to look for the yeah. baddies or, or whatever. And it, and it has like shootouts that feel kind of Westerny. Um, but it also seems to be a comment, I think on these sort of small town, uh, Irish folk and how they are viewed by an American, like yeah. Don Cheadle, like that. Brendan Gleeson's character is, he, comes across intentionally, I think as kind of an ignoramus at times, but yeah. he's doing that almost as a, uh, as a yeah. play, as a ploy. Yeah. There's, there's uh, not exactly, but there's almost a, a one false move dynamic there where you've got like this small town, uh, police officer. And then like the, the person from the big city, or in this case, a big country, uh, comes in and it's just like, Oh boy, this yeah, is, who, this. he's supposed to be, uh, CIA or FBI, something like that. Yeah. I don't remember exactly, yeah. but, um, yeah, I don't know why an FBI agent would be, uh, yeah, that's not their jurisdiction. I don't know. I don't right. know. I can't remember what he's from. Uh, but, um, and then, but then there's also the, um, uh, 
there's an exchange among the bad guys, one of whom is Mark Strong, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I can't remember who the uh, the younger guy says something about their plan, and he says we're good to go, and he gets chastised for using Americanisms, yeah, uh, which is not it's fun to realize. I never realized as an American that good to go is an Americanism. I say it a lot, but yeah. I just thought it was a thing that people who spoke English said. Maybe it's just an American thing. I, that's that sounds like an American uh, phrase. Uh, now, incidentally, um, we did pass over uh, in Bruges, which I've never seen. Um, which is it's a it's a great movie. Um, Starting the aforementioned Ray Fiennes, yeah, and Brendan Gleeson and uh, Colin Farrell, who's Irish, uh, who is Irish. Uh, thank you, um, Brendan Gleeson and Colin Farrell are Irish. Mm-hmm. Ray Fiennes is not. He's an, no. he's an Englishman. Yeah, a very proper Englishman. Uh, please, um, yeah, and that one is is great, and it has a it features a score by uh, Carter Burwell, uh, who who is you know a lot of his scores sound alike, but uh, I would say he definitely is chal- channeling his uh, Miller's Crossing score uh, for for this film, and uh, yeah, and it has it's it's a very funny movie, but again with uh, an undercurrent of melancholy and fatalism to it like tremendously so um i didn't see seven psychopaths i heard it wasn't that great i yeah i I didn't like that i deeply dislike three billboards outside ebbing missouri right but i do love in bruges okay um, martin Martin mcdonough is the made is the guy that made it that's why i mentioned those yes who's the brother of john michael mcdonough who made the guard and one we'll talk about very shortly yeah Uh, but first we'll uh, i wanted to mention stephen freer's philomena Oh, which uh, I didn't see. In which Judy Dench plays an Irish woman. Yeah. Um, I You would really like Philip. Phil I think it's, I would, yeah. It's very good. Um, she's very good uh, in it. It has uh, some great... Turns Steve Coogan, right? Yeah, and yeah. Um, she. it also ties into some real uh, upsetting shit from mm-hmm. Ireland's past that she like uh, sort of had to give a baby up for adoption, like sort of against her will and now wants to track down the baby. And Steve Coogan is a reporter, I think who's helping her. Is that right? He's a reporter. I think so. Yeah. Um, and they go to America together and there's, so there's some like, it's very melancholy movie, but also very sweet and also very funny fish out of water comedy. And there's this way on the, on the, when they're going to go to America, she's like, what if we find, what if we find our, my son and he's obese? And Steve was like, why would he be obese? Because of the portions. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and that's, I want to, I want to bring this up. Uh, we, we do keep, to, we talk about sort of these three things, melancholy, uh-huh. a certain level of, of charm and sweetness. Uh-huh. And then I would say like a coldness that I would say also coincides with sort of the fatalism. I guess uh-huh. that's what sort of, connects the melancholy and the, and the coldness. But, um, you know, and I, I'm reminded of, uh, a, a, a comedy bit that, a uh, friend of the show, Sean Cullen did, where he was talking about, uh, certain nationalities that could never be a James Bond villain. And one of them was, um, Irish. And I remember thinking like, why on earth would he say that? Like, I think of Irish mobsters and stuff, at which point he just goes into like the sweet Irish character uh-huh. and goes, and he's like, right, James, I've captured you. I'm sorry about that. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and then he does Australian as well, where the guy's like, right, James, I've, uh, taken a giant crocodile filled with, uh, got it drunk and filled with knives. How's that? Uh, which is ridiculous. Um, but yeah, and that's, and, and I remember that was the comedy bit that made me, I was like, oh yeah, I guess that is an aspect 
to Irish culture that you don't think about very much. Uh, but then there are some films that play up uh, this a very real sweetness and a yeah. very real charm and politeness. Yeah, it's this is uh, it's yes, it's the country uh, that gave us you know um, James Joyce, mm-hmm. but it also gave us Chris O'Dowd. Yeah, yes, yes. I do like that he's he's sort of the symbol for that, isn't he? Yeah. Um, so, okay. Uh, 2014 is a movie that I've been waiting to get to. Speaking of Chris, or, Chris O'Dowd. Uh, yeah, um, not playing a traditional, or actually kind of playing a traditional Chris O'Dowd role for most of the movie. Yeah. Um, but uh, the movie that I, because I am a, a sicko, the movie that I watch every March 17th mm-hmm. uh, is John Michael McDonough's Calvary, mm-hmm. which is, is a movie that is just so, so up my alley. Yeah. Um, because it's, it's funny in a way that is pitch black. Yeah. Um, uh, when I think of, uh, uh, Aiden Gillen, um, as the town doctor, he's got some nasty, nasty lines, but they're funny because he's doing the thick accent. Yeah. There's the one that I love after Brendan Gleeson plays a priest. And after he comes out of just reading the last rites to a man in the hospital, uh, Aiden Gillen goes finished with all your gobbledygook. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, and, um, uh, but there's some darker stuff in there, in there, in there too, but it's also, it's got that fatalism that I react to very well, I think. Um, but the fatalism is also, there's a sense of, I think this is also the Catholic upbringing in me. There's, um, a sort of wearily noble sense of like self-sacrifice mm-hmm. of, or, or of, um, almost, I guess in a, if you wanted to see it from a different angle, an Anton Chigurh type of way of saying like, no, this is what I said I'm going to do. And therefore I have to do it. Yeah. Now in this case, it's luckily it's about Brennan Gleason, uh, who is a widower who became a priest after, uh, Mm -hmm. losing his, losing his wife, became a priest late in life. And, um, (laughs) against all odds, given that the town around him, uh, hates the church for mm-hmm. the most part because this is in the wake of the right. of the of the sex abuse scandals. So much, so many of the townspeople hate him mm-hmm. um, or think he's a joke. Um, uh, and uh, even his the other priest at the at the parish um, doesn't dislike him, but also is coming from a different aspect of someone who clearly just like became a priest because that's like what you do, right. you know. Um, uh, you know, you've got like an Irish family. I'm, I'm making the backstory of this character, but an Irish family is like, well, he became a doctor and he became, <laughs> right. well, I'll be the priest. Uh, that's what it seems like. And you realize that despite his seeming so resigned and sardonic and, and, um, and, and weary is what I keep using that as things go on, you realize that he actually really, really does believe in what he's mm-hmm. done and what he's dedicated his life to. And he will follow that through, um, to, uh, his own destruction if need be, because he's made a commitment to something he believes in. Um, yeah, it's a, so it's a, it's a very, um, I think the average person would not find it to be a hopeful or uplifting movie because it right. is so, unrepentantly bleak and the humor that does exist in it, which, of which there is a lot yeah. is acid tongued and, you know, uh, dagger sharp. Uh, but it's a movie that makes me feel 
positively about the world and about the idea of uh, commitment and, mm-hmm. and duty and sacrifice and these yeah. sort of things, like believing in in uh, ideals and believing in others. Um, it also has, uh, I'm not a religious person. I'm not even a believer at all, mm-hmm. but it has a couple of lines that I think about all the time. Hmm. One is, uh, and now I'm forgetting the exact word, uh, wording, but he says something like, I, I think we talk too much about sin and not enough, not enough about virtue, mm-hmm. uh, is one of them. And then there's the one when there's the young man who's talking about joining the army and he tells him, uh, the Bible says, thou shalt not kill. And there's no asterisk at the end of that directing you to the bottom of the page where there's a list of, uh, uh, situations in which it's okay to kill people. Yeah. Um, that's something I think about, uh, all the time too, as someone who, uh, um, sometimes gets very angry at the world. Um, not angry enough to kill people, but sure. Uh, um, that sort of, uh, that pacifism is not, passive pacifism right. uh actually takes work and it takes applying yourself to no. um i could talk about calvary all night i kind yeah. of have already sorry i just like dominated and yeah I've, some of us have places to be and i've barely even talked about uh yeah i barely even talked about chris o'dowd or or um and now i'm forgetting the actor who's the rich asshole um uh <laughs> remember he takes a painting off the wall and pisses on it just to prove that he can <laughs> <laughs> Again, I've only seen the first half of the film. Oh, um, yeah, you yeah. gotta watch the movie. I was uh, I was on vacation in Florida, and yeah, it's uh, a vacation Jen, movie <laughs> for me it is. Yeah. Uh, and I and I loved what I saw, and yet I have not brought myself. I, I haven't been able to to actually get around to watching it. Not because I don't want to, but I do think I feel I feel like I need to be in a specific mood for that movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. you've also maybe, got uh, maybe why I didn't finish it in the first place. Amendment Walsh as an American, yeah, yeah. Uh, American author who has, uh, moved to this small mm-hmm. town. Um, and, uh, uh, he's, he's very funny. The whole movie is very darkly funny and, no. uh, beautiful and, uh, uh, worth watching. I watch it at least once a year. I think last year I watched it twice on St. Patrick's day. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. I, I really love this. It's a lot of Calvary. Um, so the next year, uh, we had two movies, one, uh, having to do with the oh. Irish mob and one having yeah. to do with, uh, an Irish immigrant. Sorry, before we move on, okay. I, I mentioned Frank and I mentioned song of the sea, but 2014 also had Jimmy's hall, which is another Ken Loach movie. Oh, okay. Um, and it represents the, like, I think it pains me to say this because I've loved so many Ken Loach movies. I think the one that shakes the barley is the last good Ken Loach movie. Hmm. And Jimmy Hall is not very good. And I, Daniel Blake was not very good. Uh, I'm not hearing great things about, sorry, we missed you. Hmm. Um, I feel like there's something else the angel share, uh, was no. okay, but then turned out very good. I just, I've really like lost, uh, I've lost interest in, in Ken Loach, but, no. uh, Jimmy's Hall. Yeah, sorry. Uh, so, yeah, in 2015, you had uh, Black Mass, which was oh, about uh, yeah. Whitey Bulger, played by Johnny Depp. Um, Does, uh, I don't know how you feel about it. I think it's a truly terrible movie. I don't know if I think it's terrible. I think it's there's a series of missed opportunities. Uh, in it. Um, but I do think that Johnny Depp does a pretty good job. You know, we, we think of him as being a very uh, over the top actor, whereas here again, he's playing an Irish, he's over the top in a different type of way. Yeah. He's um, doing, uh, I, I mentioned when I was talking to you about Matthew McConaughey, 
uh, the movie Gold, mm. where he's got this like fake like balding yeah. thing. He's got a fake like he's like put on weight, and yeah. he's got and I and I, I and I was watching it being like, I guess he must have really committed to looking like this guy and looked it up. It's like gold is completely not based on a true story. This is a completely fictional yeah. character. He just did this. Yeah. And I feel like, um, Johnny Depp's, the makeup that he has on as Whitey Bulger is like not that far removed from what he would do in a Tim Burton movie. Uh, yeah. and, and that, so even though it's a quieter performance, I still think it's, yeah. um, over the top in a way that I think is kind of ridiculous. It's, my vote is usually like, try to, if you want, if, if, looking like the character is very important to you. You should cast somebody that looks like the character and then you can make some slight changes if you need to. But like with Johnny Depp, like you've, you're putting a wig on him, you're putting contacts in, uh, things that will, that will definitely make him look different. And that it's hard to let yourself get absorbed in that when you're constantly seeing how he looks different, uh, and you're observing that in the moment, as far as his performance, I think his performance is actually nicely restrained. Um, and what I like is that there are scenes where his character has to intimidate somebody and he realizes like my reputation will do all the intimidation. I just need to really, I just need to show up. And so he plays that up and sort of like the character is playing up the other person's idea of him, uh, and allowing that to be the, the menace. And so, uh, but yeah, I do the film itself. I see as a, uh, as, some missed opportunities specifically. I feel like I'm, I'm always much more interested in people that sort of sell out their cause, you know? So a mobster Uh, is not selling out anything, but an FBI agent who is working with that mobster is absolutely selling himself out. And so why, you know, and then in the same way, like I I'm as good as DiCaprio is in the departed. I'm much more interested in Matt Damon, uh, as a character. Mm -hmm. I feel like there's, that's more dynamic. And I feel like we, we, the, the film itself just fell so in love with the character of Whitey Bulger as played by Johnny Depp that I think it neglected these other elements. And I think those would have been a better movie in my opinion. Um, and it's, and Joel Edgerton, I think, uh, plays the the other half of this, and I think does a pretty good job with it. I I just think because I have the same problem to a certain extent with Black Mass that I have with another Scott Cooper film, Hostels, right? Uh, which I didn't see. Which at least Hostels is a much better looking movie. It's very you know mm-hmm. you watch Hostels with the sound off. It's very nice looking. Yeah. Um, but some of the things that I'm talking about with movies like. Uh, like Calvary, that they're very um, uh, self-serious and they could be seen as in the wrong hands. They could be seen as sort of like juvenile goth type of like uh, uh, dreariness or whatever. But I think Calvary isn't that because it's very deeply felt. Whereas I feel like some of the, po-faced seriousness in things like black mass and hostels is actually really superficial. I think that's why, so it's not just that the movie is a failure. It's that it, it almost offends me. Uh, both those movies kind of offend me in a way there, there is something to be said about movies that are self serious and are just so convinced of their own importance that, uh, sometimes a, a film will actually like earn that. Uh, but often I found that that does not, that is not the case. And that is how I felt about, about black mass. Um, but the other 
2015 film yeah. is Brooklyn, which was my favorite movie of that year and a film that I still absolutely adore. I forget if you saw it. Oh, yeah, I saw it. It's okay. one of the best movies of the... Uh, it didn't make my top 10 of the decade, but it's certainly yeah. one of the best movies of the decade. Not that I'm trying to put my... Th- I didn't, wasn't thinking when I said that. Yeah, uh, we'll get to that in, in a moment. But uh, yeah, um, and it's and it's a film that is uh, very much about the, the immigrant experience. Uh and this idea of being uh, of feeling torn between your your new home and your and your old home and the idea that like well you don't have to necessarily abhor where you came from in order to embrace where you are uh but you also need to be careful not to romanticize the past simply because it's the past and it's what you're accustomed to uh and so here you have like Brooklyn in New York and it's just like very busy. It's the opposite of where this character has come from, which is a, a small town with uh, characters who aren't particularly ambitious and why would they be uh, and small town gossip and all of that sort of thing. And it really is, it's a beautifully look, it's, it, it's a beautifully looking film, beautiful looking film, pardon me. And, uh, really great acting all around. Once again, Donald Gleason is in it as he must be in ever in, in most Irish movies. Um, he sells the, he sells the Irishness of it, of it all. Um, but, uh, yeah, and he's in Calvary as well, mm-hmm. not playing Brendan Gleason's son. Right. Seems like an odd. And, and he's also, he also doesn't play Brendan Gleason's son in the Harry Potter series. Right. Um, Oh yeah. That's another, there's another line. Cause he plays a, murderer that he goes to visit in prison in Calvary. Mm. And he has this sort of cliched line about like, when you see the light go out of someone's eyes, you become God. And Brendan Gleeson's like, no, you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> I don't know if you got to that part. In the movie. I did not. All right. So uh, that's fun. Uh, but yeah, I, I adore Brooklyn. I feel like it's an extremely charming movie. It does have that air of, of melancholy. And in in a way it's, it's a very Irish movie and a very American movie. Like it's, it, it truly does capture both of these cultures. And, uh, I, I, man, I love it so much. I, it's great. Now and, I just want to watch that again. Yeah. And I, what's funny is I looked it up just now. John Crowley, the director also directed intermission, which I said I didn't oh, like. Yeah. And he directed the goldfinch last year, which I didn't see, but nobody liked. Uh, yeah. Nobody liked. Um, it. and maybe that is just one of those, like, uh, I feel mean saying this, but maybe it's one of those like Anthony Minghella talented Mr. Ripley things where like, well, he got one really right and yeah. maybe he never will again. Yeah. And just like, yeah, the, the stars aligned and that's the film that, uh, that came out of it. Uh, okay. So what's, what's, uh, what's uh, up next? That's the last one for me. Uh, okay. So, uh, we've also got sing street, which is, right. uh, um, so John, John Carney, right. Made, is that his name who made that once? Uh, yeah, I think that sounds right to me. Uh, and then he made begin again, which is, uh, very bad. If you ask me, uh, sing street is kind of a return to form. Um, uh, that's a 2016, uh, movie in 2017. Speaking of music, we, yeah, we, we, that's another thing we keep coming back to is like, Oh, I like the music. Yeah. And I really like, there's a lot of beautiful Irish music. Um, I mean, sing street is more of a sort of eighties, like new wave, um, type of, uh, music. Yeah. But speaking of music, one of my favorite, one of my top 10 films of 2017 was the semi-documentary, um, song of granite. Oh, yeah. uh, which is uh, about um, uh, an Irish singer named Joe Heaney or Haney. I'm not sure uh, that kind of tells the story of his life, but with liberal sort of use of 
dramatization to the mm-hmm. point where um, the movie is maybe half or more not documentary, but um, that's a, that's a beautiful movie. Uh, and then the only other one that I, that's on here, we didn't mention at all is a horror movie from last year called the hole in the ground. But that reminds me, we didn't talk about uh, Citadel. Is that what it's called? Oh, that's right. That's an yes, Irish yes. movie, isn't it? Or am uh, I, wrong? I, th- I think of it as British, but it might be Irish and I, and I don't remember. I, I've seen, I saw it a few years ago, uh, and I love it. I, I actually really like it. Um, but yeah, I don't, uh, I don't specifically remember. Um, well, I'm going to look that up, but, um, Citadel is a 2012, um, Irish film. Yes. Okay. Directed by Kieran Foy. Yeah. Um, who, um, yeah. Okay. So, uh, the hole in the ground is a, um, uh, a 2019 Irish horror movie that's that's okay. It's kind of like kind of obvious where it's going, but some of the scares uh, still work. But it does have an, um, this thing about, uh, of all movies, Road to Perdition and Hole and The Hole in the Ground both have really memorable wake sequences. Like oh, a, sure. uh, an Irish wake. I remember the the detail from Road to Perdition is the ice. Yeah, remember that because yeah. they didn't have. Uh, they needed to keep the body there. So it's yeah. like sitting in ice. The detail from the hole in the ground is that at the wake, all the mirrors in the house are covered in black cloth. Hmm. Um, which I don't know where that, uh, tradition comes from, but it's a, a very visually mem- memorable, yeah. uh, choice. So, uh, yeah, that's, uh, Irish movies. I'm really looking forward to watching Calvary again in a few days. Yeah. And, and I want to, I want to rewatch Brooklyn, even though I've seen it somewhat recently. um, yeah, and and a number of other movies as well, actually. Well, um, we mentioned uh, uh, me <laughs> accidentally politicking, campaigning for yeah. Brooklyn. I didn't mean to, but yeah, please send Tyler your list of the what you think are the top fifteen movies of the 2010s uh send those by april 15th to tyler about at battleship pretension.com i'll say yeah. that again tyler at battleship pretension.com yeah the list is is coming into a clearer focus there's still a month left uh and so you've got plenty of time to get uh your your submissions in uh and i'm it's uh, in some cases like i'm not super surprised by by what's sort of topping the list but uh it's it's these these other developments that i find very interesting yeah yeah the the list uh and the book will be interesting in the deeper uh yeah. numbers i'm sure and it, you know the top movies will deserve to be the top yeah, movies yeah. i'm sure as well um so send those by april 15th to tyler uh in the meantime you can find us at battleship pretension.com you can email us at david at battleship pretension.com or tyler at battleship pretension.com you can follow me david on twitter at Davy pretension um this week let's see well this week on the patreon we talked about the uh tv shows this past week on the patreon we talked about the tv sh- oh no there's gonna be another one yeah We're by the time this goes up we will have talked about our our top five of 1935 top five movies of 1935 that's on the patreon this week check that out at patreon at battleship pretension patreon.com slash battleship pretension um yeah we're recording so early that uh i'm not sure what else to say uh alex wrote about arsenic and old lace um, you can find a link to real redemption. Well, I'm sure you'll post that, um, or, or talk about that, mm-hmm. plug that in a second. Oh, I reviewed, um, the Blu-ray of trapped from 1949. That's all at the web, at the website. There's probably more by the time you're hearing this. It's just very sure. early in the week. Uh, you can follow Tyler on Twitter at, 
Tyler pretension. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you have to plug? Real Redemption, maybe? Uh, you're correct, yes. Uh, so I, yes, uh, for those that don't already know, uh, I made a documentary, a video essay style documentary. It's 86 minutes. It's called Real Redemption, The Rise of Christian Cinema. Uh, and it's available on the Faith Life TV streaming platform. Uh, and I will say, if if you're not comfortable giving money to uh, uh it's five dollars a month but like if you're not comfortable giving money to a christian streaming platform uh you do get two weeks free so uh you can sign up watch my movie i also have a, a nine-part series on there each yeah, episode is that. like 10 to 11 minutes you can watch that uh and then uh you can be done if you want to be um <laughs> it's I, I probably shouldn't be saying that yeah. uh, i'm supposed to be driving traffic but i will say that uh yeah i guess that's true yeah. uh but yeah i i'm happy with the film uh an official selection at this year's international christian film festival and a nominee for best director for me which yeah. i find infinitely funny uh i know i should be like like proud like yeah. hey best director but more than anything i just find it funny uh well, like, sort of like when i got the uh the bald knobber scholarship for acting uh where it's like well my name's always associated with this now that's fun but if you win you might be john ham winning his first emmy during the strike year because of the coronavirus there might not be a festival is that is saying. uh that is true so you might that's, win in absentia yeah like the, am i the only person who remembers that john ham Yes, you're the only person that remembers that. What are you talking about? Yes, uh, um, yeah. yeah, no. Uh, the, the 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 festival is in May, and uh, yeah, this might still be going uh, uh, into that. I'm not sure. Um, in the meantime, thanks for listening. We'll get you next time. Bye. Bye. This program is a proud member of the Battleship Pretension Fleet.